This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we appreciate those of you who are watching, whether this is your first time or whether you watch every time we come on the air, we're so happy that you're with us today. Today we want to talk about the amazing grace of our God. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to stress the fact that this is a free course. Anything that you see offered on Getting to Know Your Bible is free. The Bible course is free. Should you request a CD of one of the lessons that you hear on this telecast, that's free. We're not going to ask for any money. In order that you might know more about the Bible course itself, that you might know how to receive the course, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call toll free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read now from the second chapter of Ephesians beginning in verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love of which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. That's the reading of God's Word from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 9. Some refer to the Apostle Paul as an apostle of grace. Of the some 155 or so references to grace in the Bible, 130 of those come from the pen of the Apostle Paul. There's so much said in the Bible about God's grace. For example, in John the first chapter and in verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then there's verse 17, For the law was given through Moses, 
but grace and truth through Jesus Christ. Then in Acts chapter 20 and verse 32, I commend you to God and the word of His grace. In Romans 6 and 14, we're taught that we're not under the law, but under grace. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10, God, God is described as the God of all grace. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, we can come boldly before God's throne of grace. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 29, those who trample under their feet the blood of, the, of Jesus Christ do despite unto the Spirit of grace. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Titus 2 and verse 11, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, He by the grace of God tasted of death for every man. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. The subject of grace is a very prominent subject in the Bible. But there are some misconceptions about grace. One misconception is that we're saved by grace alone. That is, that and nothing more. It is the case that we are saved by grace. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. So God's grace is available for all men. But all men will not avail themselves of the blessing that comes through uh, uh, God's grace. To say that we're saved only by grace without anything else would teach universal salvation. But that's not the case. But then some say that we're saved by grace without any law. Well, if they mean the Old Testament law to that, I would heartily agree. We're not saved by the old, keeping the Old Testament law. That's why in Romans 6 and 14, Paul said we're not under law, that is the law of Moses, but we're under grace. But that does not mean all law. For in Galatians 6 and 2, Paul said, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So grace and truth come by Jesus Christ. And the truth is the Bible, and the Bible is the law of Christ. That is, the gospel is His law. And then another misconception about grace is that you cannot fall from it once you're saved by it. Galatians 5 and 4 reads, whosoever you are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. Evidently, you can fall from God's grace. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, Paul said, let him that thinketh take heed lest he fall. It is indeed possible for a child of God to fall from God's grace. 
Now, in Acts, the eighth chapter, we have an example of a man who did just that. His name is Simon. And Simon believed and was baptized, Acts 8, 13. You remember Jesus had said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So I have no reason to question the, the validity of Simon's conversion. But after his conversion, he saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands that the Holy Spirit was given. And he tried to buy that with money. He tried to purchase that gift with money. And Peter told him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou thought the gift of God may be bought with money. And he said to him, I perceive you are in the gall of bitterness, and you are in the bond of iniquity. He said, Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, listen to him now, if perhaps the fault of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Here's an example of a man who believed and was baptized, but after he was baptized, he, he thought he could buy the gift of the Holy Spirit with money. And he was told to repent of that thought. That thought. He wasn't told to be baptized again. He was told to repent and to pray. You see, that's God's law of pardon to the alien sinner. And he, in fact, asked Peter to pray for him in verse 24, that none of the things that had happened to him fall upon him. So these are some misconceptions about grace that we're just saved by grace alone. That is, and that and nothing more. That we're saved with grace without law that we cannot fall from the grace of God. But what is grace? What do we mean when we talk about grace? The, the definition that I've heard most all my life about grace is it's God's unmerited favor. That, that is favor that God bestows upon us that we did not merit, that we did not earn. You see, grace is God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Grace is God giving us what we need rather than what we deserve. Frankly, I don't want what I deserve. And the only thing that will prevent me from getting what I deserve is God's grace and the gift of His Son. And I must appropriate God's grace through obedience to the gospel. And when I appropriate God's grace through obedience to the gospel, then I'm saved by His grace. But let me ask a question. What does grace do? Well, grace abounds. In Romans 5, 20 and 21, Paul said that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So the grace of God abounds. It was God's grace that was the motive for the gift of Jesus. That was the, His motive for giving Him, His grace. God saw the dilemma of man. He saw man was in sin. He saw that man could not save himself. And it was His gift of Jesus that we did not earn that we did not marry, that was given that we might be saved. He, by the grace of God, tasted death for every man. He, by the unmerited favor of God, tasted of death for every man. God gave us what we needed, and that was Jesus, not what we deserve. God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We can't save ourselves. There isn't an individual alive today 
There has never been, nor will there ever be, who could do enough good things to put God in debt to them so that God would owe them salvation. God doesn't owe us anything. And it was out of His grace that He gives us the gift of Jesus Christ. And we can say with Paul in the language of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15, Thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. What does grace do? It's by grace that men believe, Acts chapter 18 and verse number 27. It is grace that saves us, Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. Someone says, well, who is saved by the grace of God? All men. Titus 2 and 11, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. All men everywhere can be saved by God's grace. And it is God's desire that all men everywhere be saved by grace. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 4 says that God would have all men to, to, uh, to, uh, to come to a knowledge of the truth. But all people will not come to a knowledge of the truth. All men will not believe and repent and to be baptized for the remission of their sins and, and live a committed life for the Lord Jesus Christ. But grace can save people, all people, if they would just surrender their lives to Christ. The grace of God also causes us to work for the Lord. Over in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, Paul said, By the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, all of us could say that, couldn't we? By the grace of God, I am what I am. Well, now, Paul was a Christian. And it was by God's grace that he was a Christian. Paul was a servant. And it was by God's grace that he was a servant. Paul was an apostle. And it was by the grace of God that Paul was an apostle. And so Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And he says, Yea, not I, but the grace of God that worketh in me. In other words, he said, I labored more abundantly than they all. I worked harder than anyone else. And he says, It was the grace of God that was a motivating factor in Paul's life to cause him to work so hard for the Lord. We wonder sometimes, how do you motivate people to work for the Lord? How do you motivate people to try to live right? And there are a number of ways that we can try to motivate people. Someone says, well, Brother Lambert, I think you need to preach more about hell. And I am convinced in my own heart that there needs to be more sermons preached today about the reality of hell and the danger of hell. I really believe that because hell is real. But is that the greatest motivating factor there is? The thing that motivated Paul was not the fear of going to hell. He was motivated by God's grace. And quite honestly, if we cannot be motivated to work for the Lord by the grace of God, I don't know of anything that will ever motivate us. He said, I labored more abundantly than all. It was the grace of God that was with me that caused him to labor so hard. So what does God's grace do? It causes us to, it causes us to, 
to, to work, to labor for the Lord. And the grace of God causes us to sing. Turn in your Bibles over to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and in verse 19, where the Bible says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now if you will turn over to the book of Colossians, and I want to read the parallel passage to this. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. God's grace sings. We sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. But then the grace of God helps us to bear the burdens of life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talked about a thorn that he had in the flesh. It was a messenger of Satan to buffet his body, lest he should be exalted above measure because of all the various revelations he had received. I don't have any idea what the thorn was. But, but I know that three times Paul besought God to remove the thorn. But each time the thorn remained. But here was God's answer. To Paul's dilemma, 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. My grace is sufficient for thee. There was God's sustaining grace when Paul had this thorn in the flesh. Some of you right now may have what you think is your thorn in the flesh. It may be all, there are all kinds of things that cause us difficulties, afflictions in life, problems in life, trouble in life. How am I going to help bear that? There's God's sustaining grace that will help you bear the burdens of life. But can I raise a question? How are we saved by God's grace? How are we saved by His grace? If we go back to the second chapter of Ephesians, we, we learn in the first two or three verses of this chapter that man is in an undone condition. Man has been, he said, in you he made alive who were in the past, this was their past, dead in trespasses and sin in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. That's the past of these people. They were lost without Jesus. Notice verses 11 and 12. Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. Now those verse 12 carefully. That at that time ye were without Christ. 
being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. The man without Jesus is in an undone, lost condition. But the good news is, but God, this is verse 4, but God, but God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us. God makes the difference. And we're saved by His grace, His unmerited favor. Oh, man can't save himself. It takes the grace of God. Look at verse 8. For by grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. When I think of someone saved by God's grace, I think of Noah. During the time that God was going to destroy the world with water, He found a man by the name of Noah. It is said of Noah in Genesis 6 and 9 that he walked with God. But in verse 8 we're told that Noah found grace in the sight of God. Noah and his family were saved from the destruction of the world. But they were saved by God's grace. Noah didn't save himself from that flood. To have saved himself, he would have had to known a flood was coming and he would have had to have known to build an ark and how to build an ark, but he knew none of that until God told him. And he received what he needed. He needed instructions as to how he and his family could survive the flood. And he was saved by God's grace. We can't save ourselves. It's not in man that walks to direct his steps, Jeremiah 10, 23. That there's a way that seems right to a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death, Proverbs 14, 12. We're saved by God's grace. Did we deserve it? Absolutely not. But has God made it available? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're saved by grace. Notice it carefully now in the text, verse 8, through faith. Saved by grace through faith. We are saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 5 and 8, the Bible reads, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Someone says, well, Brother Lambert, do you, do you believe, Brother Lambert, that we're saved by grace alone? Well, I want to read a passage to you from the book of James, chapter 2, and I'm going to allow you to answer your own question. Are we saved by faith only? Are we saved by faith only? Are we saved simply because we have mental assent to faith in Christ? Let me read James 2, 24. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So the Bible teaches in this passage that justification is not by faith only. The word justify or justification is a legal term. And it means to make innocent, to declare innocent. 
So a man is justified by works, and if you will carefully study James chapter 2, you will see that obedience and works are equivalent in James chapter 2. And so a man is justified by works, his obedience to God, and not by faith only. And so we're saved by grace through faith. Noah wasn't saved by faith alone. He was saved because he obeyed God, Genesis 6.22. But this says we're, it's not of works. You know, there are different kinds of works in the Bible. And some people read this and they say, well, it says not of works, therefore, this is not required of us to be saved because if you do that, that would be a work. Well, there are different kinds of works in the Bible. For example, in John 6, 28 and 29, faith is a work of God. Faith, believing, is the work of God. Absolutely. Ephesians 5 and 11, they're works of darkness. In Galatians 2, 16, they're the works of the law. In Galatians 5, 19 to 21, they're the works of the flesh. In Hebrews 6 and 1, they're dead works. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, he's talking about works of merit, not by works. That is, not by human merit. So all works are not excluded when he says not of works. Because, in fact, in Galatians 5 and verse 6, and verse 6 faith works by love. In John chapter 6, verse 28 and 29, I want you to listen to what Jesus said. He said, this is the work of God. What is the work of God? This is the work of God that you believe in whom He has sent. Now Jesus made that statement because in verse 28 they said, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And He said, Well, this is the work of God that you believe on Him whom the Father has sent. So I know that when it says not of works, all works are not excluded because believing in Jesus is the work of God. But then he said it is the gift of God. God's gifts are conditional gifts. We've been given many gifts. Air, food, oil that we put in our automobiles and from which gasoline is made and the like. Coal that's in the ground. All of those are gifts from, from God. But we have to work to achieve those gifts. Jericho was a gift to the children of Israel in Joshua chapter 6 and 2. The Lord said, I've given it to you. But they still had to march around the city. And so salvation is a gift. But we obey the gospel by believing Jesus, repenting of our sins, confessing faith by being baptized. Thank you and may God bless you. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-800-227-5278. 
1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles. <laughs>